If you're going to make it, you've got to get rid of your bitterness, and you need to hear God speak. Verse 18. Listen to what he says. Don't worry about God speaking. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and burned with fire. He's talking about Mount Sinai. You haven't come to Mount Sinai with blackness and darkness. In other words, you don't have to be afraid of God. You have not come to Mount Sinai, he's telling you in verse, in verse 18 and verse 19. There's no trumpet sounding. There's no animals being shot because they walked across the line. You don't have to be afraid to approach God. You don't have to be afraid to hear God speak. You're no longer at Mount Sinai. It said in verse 20, they couldn't endure that. But he said, that's not where you are. He says in verse 22, guess where you are? You're not at Mount Sinai. You've come to Mount Zion. Mount Zion, you've come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, where the innumerable company of angels, the general assembly of the church, and the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Aren't you glad you're registered in heaven? Well, you could just stop right there and shout all day long. I'm registered in heaven. Did you know that? Did you know? I, I want that to sink in. Do you know you're registered in heaven? Do you know your name is on the roll? Do you know that when he calls, he's going to call your name and you're going to go? Do you realize that you are a registered citizen of heaven. Oh yes, I get it. You are in the United States of America, but you're also a part of another nation. You are a nation within a nation. You are a kingdom within a kingdom. Yes, there is things going on in this world that we cannot control, but in the midst of it all, the kingdom of God is thriving and moving. Hallelujah. He said, see that you do not refuse him. Verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For they did not escape who refused him on this earth. So God is saying, he's trying to talk to you. You want to endure? Don't be afraid of God. You're not at Mount Sinai. Don't be afraid to talk to God. God loves to talk. How many of you figured that out? God loves to talk. He doesn't just talk. He talks often. He talks loudly. God speaks regularly when you are in right relationship with him. Oh, his word will just leap out. The Logos will become Rhema, and God will tell you what to do that day. God will give you marching orders for your day. God speaks in lots of ways. If you don't hear God speak, ask him to reveal something to you in a dream. Now, I'm going to be totally honest. I might have told this story the last time I was here because it was quite astounding for me. I don't have a lot of dreams, and when I do, they're goofy. You know, I have those pizza dreams and those lasagna dreams. Those are the kind of dreams I have. They just make no sense. And, and I don't try to interpret them because I don't think every dream's got to mean something. I think sometimes it's your brain trying to file things. And so I don't listen to it. But I, I heard Karen Wheaton talking about how God speaks through dreams because it's the last day language of the Spirit. Uh, she was reading from Joel chapter 2. Young men shall see visions, old men shall dream dreams. I'm thinking, well, you know, five grandkids, I guess I'm in that category. I need to start dreaming some dreams. And so I said, Lord, if this is how you speak, if this is how you talk, then I want a dream. I want you to give me a dream. And I'm not going to go into it because it's a little lengthy. I prayed for two months. And I said, Lord, if everybody's getting a dream, I want a dream. If you talk through dreams, I don't know that I've put a lot of, a lot of credence in some of that stuff. I've heard a lot of goofy things out there. And I don't know that I've put a lot of credence in that. But I want to know if you can talk to me in a dream. And one night, I had the most colorful dream. It was like I was really living it. And when I sit up on the side of my bed, 
I had a wind hit me right in the face, and it wasn't the air conditioner. I, was, I got up about 4.30 that morning, which is like my wake-up time, 4.30 and 5 every day. And when I sit on the side of the bed at about 4.30 that morning, boom, I had a puff of wind hit me in the face. And I understood every single part of that dream. It was absolutely profound. And I'll tell you what was going on, and I, without going into it, I was worried about all the conspiracy theories I, would, I was hearing. And the Lord said, do not say it's a conspiracy. Say what I'm doing. God says, you're going to hear a million conspiracy theories and most of them are not going to come true. And you've already lived to see most of that didn't come true. And some of the things we were hearing even from prophets didn't come true. I mean, we buy into that stuff so easy. I I get amazed how gullible saints are because they want to hear from somebody besides God. And the Lord said, don't believe all this stuff. Start seeing what I'm doing. And I got my eyes back on kingdom agenda. I got my eyes and I got the peace of God that passes all understanding. I know there's a lot of craziness going on in the world, but I know there's a lot of goodness going on in the kingdom. And I want to be on the right side of that when it all comes down. Hallelujah. I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world. Because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. Uh, I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, Every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just want to say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just want to say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. God loves to talk. Ask him. He'll talk to you. And then finally, as we close this out, finally in verse 26, he gives us a prophecy. The one I read to you earlier whose voice then shook the earth, talking about Mount Sinai. But now he's promised. That was Sinai. He shook the earth. But now he's promised this next time, yet once more. Everybody say it again. Yet once more. Yet once more, I shall shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Oh, this one's going to be different. The shaking from Sinai is going to look a lot different from the shaking of Zion. When I did that shaking, it put a lot of fear in people. I'm about to put hope and joy and love in people. I'm about to shake something from another mountain. I'm about to shake something from Mount, from Mount Zion. He said, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things 
things which are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So hang on there with me. If you can endure, there's the key word, my sermon for about five more minutes, I hope to send you home happy. All right. So here's what he says. In our lifetime, we are now witnessing this. We are seeing a duality of two worlds colliding. We are seeing something chaos on the earth and we're seeing glory coming down from heaven. We are seeing the kingdom rising and the earth's demise. We are seeing the kingdom of the Antichrist being set up because it's got to rise after the rapture of the church. But we're seeing the church on its feet getting ready to rise. There are two narratives being written. One of this world and one of another world. There is God's point of view and then there is whatever news channel you choose to believe's point of view. And you can believe everything they tell you if you want, but I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe that we're not going down, we're going up. I choose to believe that things are not getting worse in the world, maybe yes, but in the kingdom, absolutely not. In the kingdom, we're about to thrive. In the kingdom, we're about to finish the race. In the We're at marker 23 in the race, and it looks like we're losing our breath and our heart's going to explode and our hands, our feeble hands are laid down, but God says, take one more step. You're about to get your second wind. Hallelujah. The church is about to get its second wind. Oh, I get it. Governments are shaking. The economy is shaking. The morals of the nation are absolutely shaking. The ethics of the land are shaking. It looks like everyone is winning. Every agenda out there thinks they're winning. I know that's what they think, but I'm telling you, it's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. God is about to write this chapter, and God is about to win. Some religious institutions are being shaken. Many hopes for a better world are being shaken. Many dreams for a better life are being shaken. And there's a lot of people losing hope. But it is easy to get focused on what is being shaken until you read the last line of verse 26. Because the last line of that says, yet once more, I'm not only going to shake the earth, but I'm about to shake heaven. Do you know what happens when God begins to shake the heaven? When God shakes the heaven, he's getting the earth ready for a kingdom encounter. When God shakes the heaven, revival winds are starting to blow. When God shakes the heaven, the Holy Ghost is about to sweep over this earth in glory. Hallelujah. The the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk has already prophesied it. Because heaven is shaking, our sons and daughters are about to prophesy. Acts 4 31 says, when God came down and shook the earth, it says that the house was shaking. And you know what happened when he shook that house? 
everybody in the house got filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time. Would you like for God to walk into Princeton Pike and without effort, without prayer line, without anybody opening a bottle of oil, without any musician on an instrument, without any singer in a microphone, would you like to see the Holy Ghost just walk in here all by himself and everybody in the house get filled with the Holy Ghost that wasn't filled and everybody else get refilled? Would you like to be in a room like that? That's exactly what happened in Acts 4.31. Everybody in the house, when the heavens shook, everybody in the house was filled with the Holy Ghost. When God came down in Psalm 18, I don't want to read all of it to you, but I'll read the first part and the last part. In my distress, I cry, I called upon the Lord. That's where we are now. And he heard my cry, my voice. He heard it from his temple. And my cry came before his ears and God shook it and it trembled and the foundations of the hills were shaken because God came down. Hallelujah. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. That means he sent in angels to do his ministry, his ministering spirits to the body of Christ. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. And listen what he says in verse 16 of Psalm 18. He sent from above and took me and drew me out of these many waters. And he delivered me from a strong enemy and from those who hated me who were too strong for me. Oh, I get it. I see the earth shaking. I see the government shaking, but I'm counting on God to deliver his people. I'm counting on God to heal the United States of America. I'm counting on God to bring back my sons and daughters. I'm counting on God to heal our land. I'm counting on God to heal our government. I'm counting on God to send revival through Washington, D.C. I'm counting on God to slay members of Congress in the spirit. I'm counting on God to fill members of the House of Representatives with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm counting on God. Oh, I have not given up because here's what he says in verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Did you hear the last line? The kingdom cannot be shaken. This earth can be shaken, but the kingdom cannot be shaken. This world may reel and rock, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand all other ground is seeking sand all other ground is seeking sand oh don't give up on the kingdom the kingdom's not going anywhere the kingdom is going to stand don't give up on the church it's going to stand don't give up on prayer it's going to stand don't give up on the word it's going to say heaven and earth shall pass away but his word shall never pass away our God says the 
the kingdom cannot be shaken because our God is omnipotent. Our God is omnipresent. Our God is omniscient. And don't you forget your role. Don't you give up now. Don't you quit now. Don't throw in the towel now. You have a part to play. You were designed to win. God created you to be the head and not the tail. You were made in his own image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are filled with gifts from your mother's womb. You are a recipient of grace. You are a child of the king. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are a living testimony. You are a lively stone. You are a burning ember. You are a voice of prophecy. You are proof of the resurrection. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are a vessel that carries the oil of the anointing. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You have been grafted in the vine. You were made in the image of God. You are Satan's nightmare. You are every demon's dread. You are the reapers of the harvest. Your father is the creator of the universe. Your brother is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Your guide is the Holy Ghost who is your constant companion. Your name has been written down in glory. Your destiny was purchased on Calvary. Your pardon has been signed in blood. Your victory has been guaranteed and the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform it. Your steps have been ordered by God. Your body has been assigned to resurrection. Your soul and your spirit are eternal. Your future is in heaven. You will rule and reign with him in the millennial. Your hope is not in this world alone. Your home is heaven. Your path is straight. Your God is almighty. Your future is secure. Your race is almost run. And the finish line is just in sight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, does anybody have the victory in God's house this morning? Give God praise. Stand up on your feet. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, saints, if you believe it, put your hands together. Thank God you got to see the end. Thank God you got to see that you are in the finale. You are in the finale. You are in the finale. Thank God you've endured to the end.